Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? All right, so we have another IG live broadcast. We're doing these pretty much every single week now, so make sure you follow Pocket Now on Instagram, at Pocket Now, of course. That way you can be a part of the live stream every week. It's our live recording of the audio podcast, which, of course, you're listening to right now using your favorite podcasting app. If you're new here, thank you so much for joining us, and remember to subscribe or follow the podcast using whatever app you choose. This week, Mr. Mobile himself, Michael Fisher, joins me on the IG Live and in this podcast. Uh, And he was actually on the tail end of a long day of work, as most of us were. He just got done with his Moto G Stylist video. Uh, And then right before that, he was on yet another podcast with another one of our friends, Michael Josh. Uh, So yeah, he was at the tail end of this. So I want to give another thanks to Michael for being on the show, despite how busy it has been. And you know what? It has been a really busy week because a number of different releases had been happening. And this podcast was recorded just before the release of the iPhone SE 2020 edition. Uh, I did pick up the red 64 gigabyte one. I'm recording this not too long after the pre-order window opened up. Uh, And we both agreed that maybe the red one is the way to go. But we do talk about the phone at large uh, in the later part of the episode. Before all of that, though, we do talk about uh, some memories of ours uh, in the times when we were able to travel to our respective cities. He's, of course, broadcasting from New York, and I'm over here in LA. Uh, And then we talk about the OnePlus 8 and the OnePlus plus a pro uh, both of which provide a lot of different talking points because if you're a fan of OnePlus and you kind of miss their let's say flagship killer slash affordable flagship um, identity well maybe you're not really looking at them the same way with these new releases so we kind of explore that topic uh, throughout our first part of the show don't forget to check the show notes. That way you can see all of the links for Michael Fisher, for myself, and of course for Pocket Now in general. And with that, let's go ahead and get into the show. Now we see if I remember if I remembered to put a memory card in this thing. <laughs> can I open? Can I do the uh, Android Central customary podcast opener? Oh, what would that be? That. Oh, <laughs> see, mine was already open. Ooh, <laughs> Lacroix has returned to my life. It only took a quarantine oh. to make it happen. <laughs> God damn! God bless it, man. Lacroix Key Lime is uh, there. It is God's drink. Hmm. It is definitely one of the better ones. What do you have there? That's I got. A, that's, I've got a sweet action from Six Point, a little local whoa. brew, my friend. Yeah, I like. Um, I like the term "sweet action" as the name. As do I. That's what. That's why I picked it up at a bar the first time. I was like, "Oh, I got to have that sweet action." It's 2010, and I need to be taken seriously. And uh, it turned <laughs> out it was a pretty good beer. Um, so we I already got one this. person asking uh, that. Yeah. Those headphones. Those are the Microsoft Surface ones, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I think uh, I get a little, I get a little nervous when I have to review headphones because, as you know, Josh, I'm not much of an audiophile, um, mm-hmm. and that's why these are kind of perfect for me because people rightly say the soundstage is kind of just whatever, and the noise cancellation isn't as good as some others. But even though it's pretty good, um, but for me, it's all about the user interface, and I just love that the cans of these things are giant knobs which I can use to adjust the volume or the noise cancellation. And I just, that's just tremendous. I, I, I really quite like these. That is really nice. Um, click wheel. Well, it's not quite a click wheel, but you know, click wheel was, we'll always look back on it fondly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Meanwhile, I'm definitely not of an auto, I'm not much of an audiophile myself, but I do like reviewing audio products. The thing is these Jabras don't give me any street cred when it comes to audio. I only use it because I could use them in the shower. And, oh uh, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> 
<laughs> why don't you why don't you have a Google Home in there, dude? You got to uh, got to fill the whole bathroom with the uh, because your I, because I don't live I live with my family, and the last thing I want to do is bother my parents with like random YouTube videos playing. <laughs> 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 do you watch YouTube in the shower? Or oh, I like this. This is a good. Oh no, question. I just listen to it. I don't I don't have the phone with me, but I listen to the the audio. <laughs> I tell you what, I bring. My, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. I bring my phone in the shower uh, too often. I did some banking in the shower last night, moved some money around, <laughs> made sure my paycheck was good. I just stand there in the water. I'm like, eh, it's uh, pretty terrible life in quarantine. How is it though? You're you're with your family. Do you all still love each other? Oh yes, um, and. Okay, so I think uh, I, I will, and you're one. You're one of the people that I know would would. This would be one of your first thoughts. We're all very fortunate to be living the lives we live, so we can still work. We can still do things during all of this. Absolutely. Um, shout, shouts out to anybody who are affected by what's going on. Hopefully, everyone is finding ways of taking care of themselves. My family. So you have me, who's obviously this. I am the tech YouTuber in the family. My brother is a day trader, so he's in front of his computer at home all day anyway. And my parents are retired, so there's really. We none of us have any of the stress of what the lockdown did as far as jobs are concerned. Right. So we're yeah, all I mean, quite I, harmonious. I said that this morning. Forgive me if I. Uh, I'll try to only say this once, but I was on uh, Michael Josh's uh, podcast for Gadget Match this morning, and we just we laid, let off the show with that. So there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of me saying, "Did I say this already? Oh no, I didn't. That was uh, eight hours ago." But yeah, man, that's what I try to keep in mind. There's a lot. Look, we're all as you say, affected by the quarantine, by the stay-at-home stuff. But over and above all of it, I'm just really grateful that I still have a job. And for the moment, we all still have our health. And um, we'll just uh, keep on soldiering on, you know? Indeed. Uh, one question in this quarantine era that I have started off shows with, and I would love to do this with you. Do you have any, let's say, habits, hobbies, or interests that have sprouted from the fact that you're home so much that you'd like to share with everybody? Maybe you can recommend something to people. <laughs> yeah, what's crazy is um, what's you, like, not really is the short answer. And the interesting answer is um, because not much has changed for us, because we can still work. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like everyone, everyone asks me that um, as if like I've been either laid off or been laid up in the hospital again, and I had to devise new things. But really, the lifestyle has not changed much. What has changed is not being able to go outside and do what I would normally do to unwind, which is go anywhere else uh, or take like six-hour rambling walks, right? So, yeah. um, you know, the, the closest thing I've got is like reintroducing David or Lily uh, or both into some of my favorite old TV shows that have been off the air for a while. You know, we, we, we watched all three seasons of the newsroom in record time. Uh, we were, we're, we're very trashy people also. So we watch below deck. That's my fault. They're very classy people, <laughs> but I brought them some trashy nonsense in, in the form of below deck on Bravo. And, um, what, you know, it's, it, it's, it's mostly absorbing that kind of entertainment and then finding new ways to absorb podcast entertainment, such as instead of taking a walk while listening to all the podcasts I love, um, cleaning the house <laughs> over oh, and yes. over until it's that raw, makes sense you know? that is something that i do uh legitimately miss like i never thought i'd be this person but i i actually miss the gym and it's not quite for the workout aspect it's for the fact that that's how i absorbed all my audiobooks dude absolutely and like if you can't if you don't take drives to work anymore if you're not commuting i, I, I podcasts are probably my favorite medium for in terms of um passing the time and just for some reason, I can't do that while I'm just sitting here. I have to be doing something. So you just find yeah, stuff indeed. to do around the place, right? 
By the way, speaking yeah, of not going sure. to the gym, you putting on any poundage? Uh, not quite, actually. One of the things, and I'm going to be doing a video of this uh, on JV, uh, it's going to be my way of doing the what's on my phone type thing. I've actually installed a lot of health applications so that I can track my eating. I can track workouts when I do them. That's not Good every call. day, but <laughs> it's when I do them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, I've become very diligent uh, when it comes to all of that. And just that little bit of information, like before you have your meal, log it and it will keep you accountable. Like that's yeah. usually what I do now. That is, that's a really good call. I've been, uh, I've been doing the opposite thing where I've been, I've been getting um, high and drunk and then eating a, an entire pizza. So it's, it's a different kind of fitness, but it's, it's fitness regardless. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I would hope that everyone's learning how to cook. I have, I have literally, this is just a little bit of like background to our friendship. I have literally cooked meals for every, for pretty much everyone in Michael's house. <laughs> that is entirely true. And uh, I will say this, I've picked up a nice habit from you, Josh, if you guys don't know, and you should, he's very polite. And uh, so I've picked up the delightful habit of um, pouring everyone else's drinks at the table oh. and uh, and making sure everyone is served before myself, which is nice. But damn it, Josh, stop making me feel so inferior. Everyone is saying <laughs> like, oh, I'm picking up these great. Oh, yeah, I'm like a five star chef now. Now that I've uh, spent a month in quarantine, I'm like, I've, nothing has changed. I'm I'm useful <laughs> for Star Trek knowledge and technology and not much else. So that sucks. You know what? I, no, and you know what? Fun. I'm going to take you up on that because I actually I want to watch like the old Star Trek stuff, especially Next Generation. I want to get into it just because, you know, I have, yes. I literally have another screen here that can just be playing something at all times and I want to take advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say, don't relegate Next Generation to the second screen. Give it give it your attention for, for a full 45 minutes. And if you need a list of episodes that I will recommend to you, um, we'll, we'll run them by David because I'm also introducing David to the Next Generation. Uh, nice. So we'll, we'll see which ones have resonated with him. Awesome. All right. Well, it's great to check in. I missed the hell out of all of you guys, by the way. Miss um, you too, man. We always miss you anyway. You're 3,000 miles away. That's that's, true. that's ridiculous. True. LA, LA has my heart and I will often Come not move. I will, I will basically never move. No, no, no. Come <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, we obviously have quite a bit to talk about on this episode. And um, first things first, I was mm. just showing it off and... I think it's actually a pertinent way of showing it. I'm using the OnePlus 8 Pro right now for this broadcast. And I oh, was yeah. hoping I was hoping to get a little bit of like behind the scenes photos, maybe something to post on Twitter or anything like that. So I grabbed the OnePlus 8, the smaller one to get that footage. It's dead. So <laughs> it doesn't yeah. take wireless charging and that's why it's dead. I'm too used to it now with the 8 Pro. Amen, dude. Everything should have wireless charging. I think we've been saying it since 2012, or I have at least. Mm -hmm. All right. So I have, uh, I actually really adored the way that you set up the reviews for the 8 and the 8 Pro. Um, because nice. in two in two separate videos for like a review of one and a review of the other, I think the over the overarching theme of those was basically that OnePlus has changed. And mm -hmm. in one way, it's a bad thing, but in another way, it shows that this company has very much matured. And it's yes. a point that I do want to get across because um, I get it. I get that people are really bummed out that the price is high. What is it? What's the number going around? $230 increase or yeah, something like that? Yeah, it's a $230 increase for the Pro. Uh, seven, 7 Pro to 8 Pro is a 230 bump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, not to make you just rehash your videos, but just sort of like in your in your way of, uh, of explaining it, like, where do you land on that fence? Like, are you are you the OnePlus fan that's disappointed at OnePlus or are you uh, looking towards the future and seeing that the flagship killer has literally become the flagship? 
Here's the thing. If you looked at their entire history, um, you, you, you knew this was coming. You knew when they came out in 2014 and they were dropping a 299 or 349 phone uh, that really had about $600 worth of stuff in it. You knew that was not sustainable, right? So um, I, it doesn't surprise me. It hasn't surprised me that they've been boosting the price by $30, $50, year over year to try and get to a point where the, where the brand can be profitable. That's business. That's capitalism. Um, I, I think it's unfortunate when people totally do buy into the the, the marketing message of like, oh, it's like, oh, now you've bought a OnePlus, so you're 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 in the community, man, and and we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, you know brothers. You know, it's always been a company, and that stuff is cool, and I admire it. But it's it's always it needs to make money to survive. I think the two hundred thirty dollar jump for the Pro initially made me like, whoa, and I don't think there's an additional two hundred thirty dollars worth of stuff there. But it, between the eight and the eight Pro. The Pro is the one that, that justifies it more because what did it do? It gave us everything we've been asking for. How many years mm-hmm. have I been talking about IP68? Give me give me actual water and dust resistant certification. Okay, now we've got it. Give me wireless charging. Now you've got it and you've got also the fastest wireless charging you can get in the States. Well, that's pretty cool. What else? Yeah. Well, it's $100 cheaper than the S20. Well, that's really cool too. Are the cameras as good? Depends on the setting, but yeah. <laughs> So like, how can you, how ultimately, how can you complain about the pro? You know, I think the eight is not a good, not a good value proposition, but the eight pro, I think it's tough to complain about. So I'm curious to, to expound upon that uh, proposition about the eight, because I'm still, I'm going to be doing separate content on the OnePlus eight as, as we, as we move on to the next week, uh, leading up to the iPhone, which again, we're going to talk about a little bit later, but the OnePlus eight is still, I still find it really interesting because when you compare it to the eight pro, obviously it's missing some very specific things, wireless charging, IP certification, all that stuff. Right. But to the person who walks into a Verizon, to the person who walks into a T-Mobile, this is the cheapest high-end 5G phone right now. And I think that that is that that lends a lot of credence to this phone. I feel like I feel like it's that is exactly what they want it, how they want it to be perceived. Uh, I feel like also though you should not put any kind of quality or expectation on the word five G as a, as a buyer. Like, yes, this is, it's, it's one of the, it's probably the best phone you can get with 5G in terms of, but you, what kind of value is that offering? If you're on Verizon, that's giving you millimeter wave 5G, which will be really blazing fast if you can stand on the sidewalk and see the, see the node on the phone pole and, and, and connect to it. And then the minute yeah. you turn around, it's gone, right? And then if you're on T-Mobile, you're getting a really robust signal that only gives you slightly faster speeds or in some cases doesn't even give you as fast speeds as for so it's not time yet 2021 mm-hmm. maybe 2022 certainly we'll see 5g really doing a great job especially now that the t-mobile sprint merger but i mean it's just it shouldn't factor into anybody's buying decision right now unless you're not going to buy a new phone for the next five years i guess Right, which is something that I've noticed in my videos that somebody keeps saying, like, uh, okay, so a couple of people in the chat are asking, like, are my questions coming through? They are, and we are reading them, but we're gonna do oh. a Q and A session at the end of this episode. Um, okay, but I will say that one person did just say, "Is it worth even upgrading from the OnePlus Seven T?" And no. to yeah, exactly. To Dear Michael's God, point, no. if you're not if you're not trying to be on the bleeding edge and be ahead of everybody else with the five G, the seven T is still a great phone, and it's actually it's cheaper, which makes it an even better value. So much cheaper. What is four ninety nine still, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so you get that for four ninety nine versus um, sorry six ninety nine, right? For the yeah for the base mm-hmm. level eight. 
man, there's not two hundred dollars worth of more stuff in the in the OnePlus Eight. There just isn't. I, yeah. Component. I don't mean component costs. I mean like additional user facing value. It's not there. Mm. Get get the seven right. two. Yeah. So I I would say. Oh, so you've already said before that the uh, the eight Pro is definitely between these two the one that you would probably go for. And I tend to, I tend to agree. It's so funny because we are literally. I'll use the word privileged in that we can take a look at both of these devices. We are sent them. And and it's funny because I just got done for Pocket Now putting out a video or, or making a video on uh, the new Motos. And it's a whole different thing, but it's a new, it's a Moto G power, Moto G stylus. And at the end of the video, I said, if I just got one of these phones, it would have been such an interesting review. There you go. It would have been such yeah. an interesting review to do because I'm looking at it in a vacuum. But since I'm looking at both of them, you have to weigh you have to weigh these choices that I feel like a lot of consumers might not actually make because they don't get to hold both of them. And that's yeah. the case for the OnePlus 8 and the 8 Pro. Um, Absolutely. I just finished that yeah. video too, as a matter of fact. So yeah, and, and I, I, I made the opposite call. I was just looking at them and I'm like, I, guys, I just want the stylus. I don't care about the power. I just want the stylus because I want to see what a Moto phone does that has a pen. And we'll, we'll see. Uh, go watch the video if you want to know what that is. But um, it's, yeah. it, I agree with you. It adds to the complexity of the analysis. But now that we've brought up the, the, the Moto there, um, so not to, not, not to spoil anybody on our videos, our respective videos, which is funny. That's literally what we were working on up until the show. <laughs> um, yeah. So the... Um, not to really spoil anything, but just to let them know, uh, two forty nine is the price for the Moto G Power, and two ninety nine is the price of the Moto G Stylus. Those are great prices, um, and those are probably the prices that matter the most in this quarantine era. So something like a nine ninety nine for mm. a OnePlus Eight Pro is a little bit of a hard sell, especially for people who might not have the income for it. Very true. Um, I will say I don't think those prices are very good. I think maybe two forty nine you can make the argument for the power, but I think for the stylus two ninety nine is crazy. And the only way I could find to recommend it in this era where the Pixel three A, Josh, our mutual lover of a phone, which we share mm. and adore completely, the palate cleanser, as it were, is two ninety nine at a, at a discount. When you when that exists, you can't. I, I feel like you can't recommend anything else in the states. Fair, at that price point. Fair. You just, like, you can't, right? So, like, um, the, when the stylus, when Phone Arena reported that the stylus was already on sale for $149 at Best Buy with activation, I was like, that, there you go. Now, that's a that's a good price. If you can get yeah, that for that, that then, and to your point, yes, in this era when, shit, like, taking it down, a lot of people have a lot less money or are being much more careful with their money and need a phone for whatever reason, that's super important. So, which is why our upcoming topics are going to be so relevant, um, and that's why I wanted to end this uh, OnePlus discussion in particular by presenting a, a, just a thought that I've been having. Especially since mid-range slash value devices are going to become more and more important, not just because of the fact that we have this global pandemic, this quarantine happening, but because it's kind of the shift we've been seeing. Flagship phones are still around, but if you look at someone like Samsung, the A line sells way more. Than the S line, so yeah. there's definitely there's a demand for the mid range stuff because at this point, I don't think any phone manufacturer has any excuses. You can make a good mid range phone. Oh yeah, oh hundred percent. So I would say for OnePlus, maybe it's time to bring back the OnePlus X. And I think a lot of people out there don't even remember the OnePlus X, but I will oh. always remember it. <laughs> oh, so will I. Uh, remember how gorgeous that was? It was like an Android. It was like if you took an iPhone 4 
and you put Android on it and you made it a little bit smaller and made the screen a little bit bigger. Man, that was what a what a beautiful little device that was. Um, Some key mistakes in it. I remember it wasn't NFC was missing and the probably. the ceramic backing version of it was just a little overpriced considering what it was doing. Um, but it was the only ceramic phone in the US and being a Xiaomi fan, I love ceramic on phones. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like OnePlus could actually capture a lot of the people's attention if they were to have a mid-range phone again. And I mean, this might be the perfect time to do it. These, the, these are the rumors, right? I mean, we've got credible rumors repeatedly coming out indicating a OnePlus Z for spring or summer. Yep. And I think it's interesting if that's true. That's an interesting bit of strategy on OnePlus's part, because if it were me, I did not go to business school, so maybe someone can tell me why this is wrong. But if you've built your entire reputation on value and providing excellent excellent benefit for money, um, why would you risk losing that or, or sullying that reputation um, by spacing out your OnePlus Z launch, if it exists, for several months after your two most expensive phones that you've ever built phones you know are going to be controversial why would you do that i have to wonder if maybe there was a component issue this is all speculation i just wonder some companies have had their schedule set back because of the global situation and maybe that's what happened but if not if this was part of the strategy all along i'd love to know that i'd actually like to it's one of those questions you'd like to ask them if you ever thought that you would get a straight answer from anybody because you just won't (laughs) (laughs) i was just gonna say you could ask them until you're blue in the face and they'll always be like um Plead, they'll, they'll plead the fifth all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> they'll, like, oh, well, we, yeah, they'll, they'll bust out a whole bunch of buzzwords. Not OnePlus, but every company ever. Yeah. Oh, well, we, uh, you know, we work closely with our partners at Google and uh, make, make decisions based on strategic initiatives uh, on the global front. Oh, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, looking forward to the OnePlus Z, I mean, it's, it's what, what would you say is the price point for a company like this? Because while Moto can put out a phone at 250 wouldn't it be kind of tough for a company like OnePlus to to really undercut a price like that, it will probably be like 400 because the Pixel A's are usually that or, you know. I don't know. I'm not, I, I do not know what your experience has been with the Moto G Power, but with my in my time with Moto G Stylus, I will say that, yeah, Moto can put out a phone for 250 or 299, but um, it's not a phone I would want to use. It's slow. Mm. It's It's got issues. It's big. It's ugly. It's, you know, um, I think OnePlus would probably not go that route. You know, OnePlus has always been like, we don't want to make crappy phones just to be cheap. We want to make great phones that are a good value. So I think that for Z, they'll probably, I I would estimate that they would stick around the $400 price point because that'll put them directly head to head with the iPhone SE 2020. Indeed. And based on our conversation, I can already tell. I, will, I, I I think I ended up being a little bit nicer to the motos. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. And I, you know, it breaks my heart because I love Motorola. But do you remember, sorry, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but do you remember when the first Moto G came out in 2013 or whatever it was, 2014 maybe? And yeah. we were all just, just absolutely blown away. I forgot mm-hmm. what the price was, but it was so low. And that thing did everything, almost everything a flagship can do except take good pictures. And it even had some of the cool stuff that had launched with the Moto X. It had some of the some of the bonus like jelly on there, and it was like, "This is awesome! This is." And the Moto G family just redefined what it meant to be a budget smartphone. And for years they rode that wave, and I good for them. And I think that had a great influence on the industry because it led to a lot of yeah. people being able to buy cool phones for cheap. But now I feel like the Moto G isn't bringing anything crucial. It's not bringing anything. Again, the Pixel Three A isn't, and. 
the Pixel 3a has a camera that's roughly 80 years in front of it, you know? So it's like, mm. well, eh. Eh, yeah, I do agree. And it's 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 like there was just the early line in my review it was just like you got to temper your expectations first of all. So, I'm not going to I'm not going to be here and say that, you know, cuz the last thing that I want to do and it's it's a habit that we all have as reviewers is to be like, oh, 250 versus this. That's unfair. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, that's of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know that it's it's easy to fall into those trappings. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree that those are definitely phones that you have to really temper your expectations on, but at the same time, let's see what it offers. And yeah, I mean, you know, there are some things that are cool, some things that are not. <laughs> that sure. that is hundred percent true. I mean, I don't mean to I'm not dogging it completely. It's it does some good some things right, but it's 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 tough. It, with the landscape the way it is now, it is very competitive and you need to bring your A game. And one of those one of those big competitors was just announced. Uh, we are going to talk about the iPhone SE 2020. However, we're going to take a really quick break for our audio podcast listeners. Coming back from the break, while we were getting ourselves a little bit set up, uh, <laughs> Michael asked me, are you waking up in the morning? I hate you, Michael, for being in the East Coast, because <laughs> 8 o'clock is way easier than 5 o'clock to, to wake yes, up. Yes, sir, it is. Yes, sir, it is. You know what? I consider it just revenge for all the years that Apple rolled over the clock at midnight Pacific, and I had to stay up until 3 a.m. to order the new iPhones. Uh, so you can that's eat fair. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I had to buy uh, an iPhone, I, actually, the last time I had to be up at a very dumb hour just to just to buy an iPhone was when I was on vacation with my family and Isa was with us and we were in Cabo San Lucas. And here Ooh. I was in the middle of the night going, which one do I want? <laughs> Trying Space to figure it out. or silver. Yeah, yeah. And I was we complaining the, the whole story. time because this was just after I left Android Authority, which meant that I was like able to like really dive into Apple content for the first time in my entire career. And yeah. here I was ordering the iPhone XS Max, which to this day is still one of my least favorite phones of all time. And oh, yeah. <laughs> because I got the Max. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, it's a big, yeah. Yeah. So here I was like buying this phone and I kept saying, I'm on vacation and I just lost $1,300. <laughs> yeah. I was actually really glad about that because we're all looking at, you know, we keep talking about it, but we are, we're all looking at our spending really carefully and, and stuff like that. Um, and I was so pleased that the next phone up on the, on the, in the thing was not a $1,400 phone, but it was a, it was a $400 phone. And uh, that, that's, that's easier to justify on the expense report. Indeed. Of course, um, so, we have spent you know no money on travel or lodging this year, so there's that. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, uh, even on a normal day, I just pretty much uh, spend my money on like organic keto foods. So nothing's changed in my oh, life. Oh yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> Believe me, friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> organic keto pizza, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right. That's, that's all. That's all I do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're looking at now the iPhone SE, which had been rumored and leaked all to hell. And now finally, it's a thing. It's not the iPhone 9. And I remember talking to Jaime like, why would they call it the iPhone 9? I personally would think that's a very weird thing for them to do. And they did not do that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but that was like the leading contender for the rumored brand name for a while. And I was like, that's feels like that's doing exactly what everyone did for years. And what in retrospect was dumb, where they'd release a HTC One. And then there'd be an HTC One Mini or a Samsung mm -hmm. Galaxy S5 and then an S5 Mini. And I think Rene Ritchie was the one who exposed me to this thinking where it's like, man, from a marketing perspective, nobody wants a Mini. 
Nobody wants a less than the thing you know. They want this thing, and it's 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 an S10 or it's an S20. But if they want to spend money, they get the the, the plus. If they want to spend a little extra, or they get the the max or whatever you know, so or the pro. So I think it makes sense that Apple would resurrect a popular, if lesser known, SE brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sad that we're not getting the weirdo iPhone nine name. That was just not an attractive name anyway. Yeah, and you know, to 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 harken back to our thought about mid-range phones having some sort of like I don't want to say resurgence, but there's a demand for it. I'm actually excited for this phone. I can't believe it. Me too. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you carry an eleven, right? Yeah, I do. Yes, same. Which because I don't know where it is, but I went for the eleven <laughs> because after uh, after the Max uh, like problems I had, I just really didn't like that phone. I was not going Pro uh, Pro Max on this one. I went iPhone eleven Pro. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, if you are a video creator of any kind and you carry multiple smartphones that help you do mm-hmm. your job, you have to have an 11 in the bag because it's just you can't get better than it for producing video on the go. So I'm excited to see how the SE lives up to, to that. Uh, the SE has a single camera, right? It has a single camera. Um, mm-hmm. And to anybody who d- is living under a rock, this is a sub $500 phone. Right. And what I actually found really interesting when I was looking at it, I was talking with Jaime about this, uh, because you know, since he's down in Latin America, he won't really be able to get his hands on it. So he was like, hey, uh, Josh, if you're buying one, yes. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Um, <laughs> if you do a trade-in, you can get the 64 gigabyte model for as low as $229. Damn. And I was like, that's crazy. And But this is the other part of This is the other side of that coin. What are you trading in to get a phone that's that cheap, first of all? Um, because I think most people, if you're going to uh, lean on the iPhone SE as a cheap alternative to, let's say, um, not cheap alternative, but a cheap backup to, let's say, you broke your iPhone 11. Like, mm-hmm. you can't trade in a broken phone. So, like, what are you doing? Right. Are you actually going to give up a high-end phone just so you can get $229 as the price on, on the iPhone SE? Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you held on to an original SE from 2016, I mean, that would be that would be crazy. I mean, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That, would be, that would be an incredible trade-in. I mean, are they taking that? Did you just say that? I'm sorry. No, no. I don't know. I don't know which phones lead to what trade-ins. Okay. So, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, it makes it an even better value. I think the thing is, like, it's not exciting for me personally because we buy these things as tools for a very specialized trade-in, which is why, by the way, whenever anybody asks me, what phone do you carry? And then I always caution them, like, don't make a buying decision based on this because we're we're weirdos. We, we do not have the same needs as, as a regular consumer. Um, so like, I'm excited for these because I get to vicariously be a normal person again. And say like, wait, how much would I spend? I would get four hundred, and I would get. And we haven't reviewed it yet, but if it works right, and if it works like the last iPhone SE does, you're getting not only a smaller and easier to manage phone, but one with a newer processor. Um, mm-hmm. And and as someone said in the chat a little bit ago, um, you're getting basically everything you need. You're not getting any of the overkill of a flagship, but for a normal person, you're getting everything you need for three ninety nine or four hundred bucks. That's great. This is why we were yep. so amped on the Pixel 3a. This is why I'm amped. I was amped on the first SE. So eh, it's just, it, it's nice to see that. It's nice to mm-hmm. see that people don't have to spend an arm and a leg if they, if they don't want. So the another factor, another thing that factors into this iPhone SE and the reason why it's kind of exciting is because it is, it's kind of a throwback. I mean, the nostalgia factor has been high in general for the last year and a half. And now we have like, 
you know, touch ID is back. It's got the metal frame. Uh, it's got this classic look to it. And yeah. I, I will, I think the last iPhone that I actually used with this design was indeed the iPhone, the iPhone 8. Yeah. But my biggest memory was with the iPhone 7 because I did that drop test in Australia. Oof. I might have, I yeah. might have it backwards. But yeah, I, either way, those metal frames do tend to hold up. And that's why I was really like, this is cool. <laughs> they do. But here's the thing. I, I deeply wish that they had gone even further back. And probably there's, there are thermal considerations here. You can't really make a phone that small anymore without doing a lot, a lot of engineering work. But I wish they had remade the first SE. When the SE came out and it was the, using the chassis of the iPhone 5, I mean, that was the most beautiful iPhone ever. For me, with the possible exception mm-hmm. of the iPhone 4. So, like, I, I wish they'd gone all the way back to that. Because ever since the 6, I feel like the iPhone design has been rather... It's ergonomic. It's nice to hold. It feels good in the hand, TM. But it, it doesn't look <laughs> great. You know, it, it just looks like, oh, okay, well, it's a, that's another iPhone. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, apologies to everyone in the chat real quick. Uh, just going to apple.com for a sec. Uh, because MJ, Michael Josh, is actually in the chat and mm. just mentioned that it's not Touch ID. You're just getting haptic touch. No, there is Touch ID on that thing, isn't there? There's got to be, right? Yeah, what else would I'm it, looking would at it now. I'm scrolling down there. There's the, no Face ID. Yeah, no Face. Yeah. Yeah, there's no Face ID. I know that. Yeah. There's Touch ID on that thing. <laughs> I'm just scrolling. This website, by the way, takes forever. Um, That's right. Yeah, touch ID, touch ID on the uh, home on the home well home button, the the circle on the bottom that everyone misses. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, he says. There we go. Yeah, there is touch ID. That's okay, MJ. You've had a long day like I have. Yeah, uh, everyone's been working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, touch ID. I'm I'm actually ex- I'm, I'm happy to see that back. And you know what? This is my way. After six years at Android Authority. To actually be a part of the this this era of iPhones, because I wasn't there. Like I, we only really got iPhones when I was at AA uh, for comparison pieces, not as daily drivers, not as actual like everyday phones. And now right. that's what we got. Um, yeah. As it turns out, Michael Josh was trying to say 3D touch is not on the phone, which just happened. There we go. So which is just going to be dead anyway, right? I mean, 3D touch—they're basically giving up on that. It sounds like, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah. Well. So a little bit of speculation on the side here, as far as the processor goes. I mean, uh, Apple makes the Bionic A13 and whatnot. Uh, one thing that it makes people think of is like, why? what is holding back? Well, I think I know the answer to this, but what is holding back the Android manufacturers from putting in, let's say, 855s or 865s, Snapdragons, inside of their mid-range devices? Well, if for the 865, it's, pr- it's cost. Because that thing is yeah. just like, it's crazy. It, it, Qualcomm doesn't break out the 5G module. So you, if you buy an 865, you're buying the 5G modem and all that equipment and all it's all really expensive. So that makes for a much more expensive phone. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. We talked a bit about this this morning and it's like, I'm very tired of um, trying to shout against this massive wave of prioritizing the wrong thing in the audience. Uh, we were asked this morning if like... Um, if we thought that like the media was driving uh, was driving this demand for specs on on devices, and I'm like, I don't think it's the media driving it. I think it's the audience driving it. I I, I will run a thing, I'll run a review, and if a phone does not have a Snapdragon 8XX or whatever, I mean, just 50 percent of the comments are people talking about the freaking number that's that's burned into the silicon casing. Guys, the, it it you do not need 
a Snapdragon 865 for everything. You know what I mean? You don't need an 855 for everything. You, that BlackBerry Key 2 that you and I both love, Josh, was what? A Snap a 660? I think so. Yeah, and correctly. it wasn't, you know, like the key one was a laggy mess, but the key two was, it was lovely. I did, didn't slow down <laughs> and, on me much at all. And to your point, we used the key one way longer than we should have. <laughs> well, <laughs> very true. Yeah. <laughs> then gra- <laughs> use that until I ground it to a halt. But I, I just, I think there is an, a pervasive overemphasis on specs that really degrades the conversation and is not the point and inflates prices artificially. Like I, I really think that. Uh, if you have a if you have a phone that performs really well, that is not necessarily indicative of the fact that it has the the highest end chip in it. You know. Yeah, that makes sense, and I like I like your point about the X fifty five modem factoring into that cost because Lord knows Apple doesn't make a five G modem yet, so it's not like we have five G in any of the iPhones, so that's not really a cost. It, it doesn't really factor into the cost here. And also, I was talking to Isa about this because she was wondering, like, how come the iPhone... Because she was one of the people that asked that. Like, why would the iPhone have a high-end chip, quote-unquote, from Apple when none of the other, like, cheaper phones from Android are able to do that? And she was talking specifically about the 3A because while we love the the Pixel 3A, when she used it, she agreed that the camera was amazing, but she still felt like there was something kind of missing there. And I was like, I agree with you. And there there are things there that you are used to in flagship phones that the Pixel 3a kind of emulates but doesn't quite meet. And sure. like I I'm there with I'm there with her on that. But my my first gut reaction was it's probably cheaper for Apple to just continue making the processor they've always been making rather than trying to tool up an entirely new processor for a mid-range device. So. Yeah, well, right, absolutely. There are certain there are efficiencies there in terms of supply chain and whatnot, but also like you don't need. I there's there's been this really horrible trend, and it's thankfully it hasn't been around for the past few years of making mid range phones crappy or making small phones crappy. This is why we all love those Sony compact phones because they had flagship flagship tier performance, whether the specs were exact or not. They had power in them. And they were also small phones, and so mm-hmm. I, I I love that Apple is continuing this with the with the new iPhone SE. I just wish it was in a in a somewhat smaller casing, but that's I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I feel like we're going to be talking about that thing for the next few weeks, so I don't want to like I don't want to get <laughs> we're not going to go too far yeah, into it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did ask you did ask the most pertinent question, and it is something that's coming up in the chat. Which one are you getting? Uh, which which one? Which 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 of the iPhone SEs are you getting? Oh, oh my God! I haven't even thought of that. What colors do we have to choose from? Um, I mean, I, I, I is it called silver or gray? Space gray? I forgot about that. Yes, yeah. it's Apple we're talking about. Um, yeah. gray, black, and red, and the red edition, which is the one I'm going for. And this is not the reason for it, but it just happens to be a part of it. All the proceeds, or at least proceeds from the red edition will go towards COVID-19 research and research and relief. So Yeah, I feel like I should get that red one for that reason, TBH. Um project that's still product red, right? That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um it is Do you have an iPhone to trade in? Yeah, there's that 229 price. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Um normally I would go for the white one. Oh no, that's what I'm doing, Josh. Sorry. Uh, I'm doing the white one because it's the first iPhone since the iPhone 3G, I think, that mm. has a white backplate and a black faceplate. Oh, I yes. did see who was who. Dieter. was it? It wasn't you, was it? That no, that it was Dieter mentioned it on IG. Tweeted it. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and man, I, I got to tell you, I still remember waiting in line for that iPhone 3G in 2008. And the decision point was at the retail store. There was no ordering. You just told them which one you wanted. And they had both in stock. They had white and black. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll go for the black one. And I, I kind of always regretted it. So I have to undo that. This time I'm doing the white white back plate. Yeah, see, I'm still playing catch up with all of this Apple like community that I missed out on for many years. So yeah, the red one for me because I loved the red one back then, but we never got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we never picked it up at Android Authority. Um, all right, cool. So plenty of talk about the iPhone SEs. I think main yeah. takeaway is that we are pretty pretty excited for it. Want to see how Apple actually tackles this, especially in the age of you know, Pixel 4a is on the horizon. We might be able uh, to see some other budget phones, maybe the OnePlus Z, as we said before. So yeah. Apple's actually throwing their, what's the, what's, what's the, what's the idiom? They're throwing their name in the hat? Throwing their <laughs> hat in the ring. A hat in the ring? I don't know. Like that was, <laughs> it was one or the other. Um, with that said, we are going to get into what I feel like is everybody's favorite part of the show. Um, we're going to take one more little break and I want everyone to get their questions ready for both myself and of course the Mr. Mobile. So let's go in and pop into our break. How do you select these questions, by the way? And do you, do I just you, scroll through and yeah. kind of see what's going on, um, you know, to be to be fair. And you know what? Um, we're back from the break now, and we were just talking about this. <laughs> I'll let Michael put a little bit of uh, undue product placement because someone just asked, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> this podcast sponsored by Sweet Action from Six Point Brewery. It's really not, but it's very good beer. Yeah, sweet action. I actually wanted to pick up um personally, I wanted to pick up uh an old an old favorite of ours from our Hawaii days, some Kona. I wanted to pick up some Kona brewing. Oh man, I oh. miss Maui very much. Yeah. Uh all right, let's see what we got. A few people in the chat were saying that the I that there were other iPhones that had a white back with a black front. Wasn't it I, the five some someone said the five C. So I don't know. Oh, well sure, if you wanted a plastic lump, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean a real iPhone, you know, not a, not a junior edition. Not a spinoff. <laughs> right. No, the 5C uh, was the first iPhone I got to review, actually. Uh, Brandon mm. was like, you, you, you finally, you can do an iPhone review. I was like, what? And uh, I got a blue one. and It was fun. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What are some other ones that we have here? Um, I'm sure some people are going to be asking right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Speaking of the mid-range segment... These thoughts on what the hell is an LG Velvet? Like what? <laughs> like what the heck are we are we even going to get from this? Um, so apparently it's going to be like a five hundred dollar phone, and it's going to have the specs to match. But you know, if if you're looking at LG's track record, like as much as we all adore LG just as a company as a whole, like we kind of enjoy you know what they've brought to the table. Every product that they have is always like I don't know. It's a love hate situation almost every single time. Yeah, I mean. It's yeah. I, I I got a brief sampling or a brief reminder of what it's like to deal with a fan base that feels as though their their brand is being unfairly uh, beaten up. Uh, oh, you get I those mentioned... comments too, do you? Oh my god! <laughs> and you know, like I'm so I, I'm so happy for the people who care about quad DACs and headphone jacks that they have LG, and I'm I'm really glad. I just wish they didn't have to be such pricks about it so often. Um, mm. Because it's really dreadful to say something like, 
Well, you know, uh, the V60's dual screen approach is, is interesting and probably useful for certain applications, but a folding screen can give you those applications and also more, uh, and then just have waves of comments from very angry people who are very clearly, um, you know, go to bed with uh, LG pillowcases and uh, have 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 LG tattoos. And life's stuff. good on their life's wall. Life's good. Life is good. But <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't read those comments. Yeah, the one I, I, the one that is my tough. favorite, and I will say, just like from my from my perspective, as from just from my end as a creator, my my whole thing is. I just don't want anyone to put words in my mouth, much less assume that everyone else feels the same way too. And my favorite comment when it comes to the LG stuff is, oh God, I just get so sick of all these reviewers always bashing LG. And I respond with, where in my video did I even say anything wrong (laughs) about this phone? What's interesting is that it's not it is not a unique to LG thing. I feel like it's 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 quick shorthand to say this is one particular brand's audience has a problem. But I remember this happening with Microsoft fanboys, especially like Windows Phone fanboys were were exceedingly toxic for the entire duration of that platform's existence. Uh, and I loved Windows Phone, but I hated those fans so much because it never did well. It never sold in the numbers it should have. It was always an underdog. And fans of an underdog, I, I feel like it's some weird inversion in the universe because it seems to me that fans of an underdog should be really nice and really understanding and really cool. And they're <laughs> they're not. They're always jerkwads. And that sucks. So it's happened with LG. It happened to a degree with HTC, though HTC, of course, had HTC Elevate, which, uh, which incentivized jerks to be jerks on the internet, which sucked. Um, so, you know, I, I just feel like it's, it's whatever brand isn't doing well in the moment. I have no idea about the velvet. Is it mid range? I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, I'm so tired of these rectangles. Give me a folding phone, LG. Give me, give me a scrolling <laughs> phone. Give me something fun. Cause geez. So when I saw, I remember seeing that headline and I think it was a Verge article where I saw you know, the LG velvet is something different or something to that effect. And the first thing that came to mind was like a sliding chocolate. And I was like, oh, that's what mm-hmm. I want. That would be so mm-hmm. dope. Man. Oh. These companies used to make incredible stuff. They used to play around and see what worked. They would just hurl stuff at the wall. And it's really unfortunate that everyone has settled on two operating systems now because you just you need a rectangular screen and you need it to be really big relative to the casing size. And so yeah. that's why. And the only way to get around that and make something exciting is to make it foldable or scrollable. And that's awesome. But I really hope the coming economic troubles don't derail all that awesome development i hope i hope the companies are not forced to get conservative and abandon some of that creative thinking because man that's good i've been more excited this past year for than i have in ages go ahead sorry so that's actually that's actually a good little segue we'll start off with a question from the audience that we make sure we do our q a but i have another question follow-up from that afakiri asks um anyone else hate the curved screen displays now yes okay well immediate reaction <laughs> i mean did, so what you, is you, we, we, go, go, ahead. go ahead i'm sorry i was just going to say that like my my follow-up question to that not follow-up my my question i'll answer your question with a question which is okay how curved are we saying because the one curved screen that i've really despised not despised it's not really the curved screen's fault it's just that the phone was so damn big was the vivo next three the 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 vivo next five uh five g phone now having the waterfall display and that's like the extreme of the curved display that was what that was but it was also a huge phone and that was the problem like i'm always going to be the guy that's like give me something that's easy to handle and if you have a huge phone and you try to reach the meat 
<laughs> your thumb meat. Yeah, it screws yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. When you, especially if you have an interface element that's in the upper left part of the screen and you're reaching over to go get it, and then all of a sudden you're selecting stuff. And some phones have better palm rejection than others. None, none of them do it perfectly. OnePlus has never gotten it right. I feel like the 8 Pro and the 7 Pro are just bad at it. They just, I'm, always, I'm always touching stuff I don't mean to. Um, but really, yeah, one of the reasons I adored the 7T so much is they just made it flat. And, you know, it's less beautiful, yes. It's a lot more useful. And this is the argument a lot of LG folks make where it's like they they've really haven't done the, 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 uh, the folding, or excuse me, the curved screen thing. And that's, that's good. But that doesn't mean you have to make the rest of the casing the world's most boring phone. You know? Do you also <laughs> yeah. miss the G Flex? You remember the G Flex? I'm sorry to go back yeah. to LG. God, no, no, I miss yeah. that. No, I, I, I miss the G Flex. <sighs> and um, just to, <laughs> I, I, I mentioned a story when I did my Tech and T podcast with Nick Gray when we talked about the OnePlus X. Um, I'll just I'll just paraphrase it real quick because I'm going to segue into the story of the G Flex. Um, so OnePlus X, the reason why I'm always going to remember that phone is because the day that I went up to San Francisco, one hour flight, uh, literally a 12 hour turnaround. I went up there. We did the hands on on the videos, uh, hands on for our videos. I came back and then my girlfriend broke up with me all in the same day. <laughs> so I'm always going to remember the OnePlus X. Um, on the other hand, in a much lighter and funnier story, you were there, Michael, when they had the G Flex 2, I think, with the self-healing back. Yep. And we were in the hands-on area where literally no one else has ever touched these phones. And they were talking about the self-healing back. And I'm over here like, I'm I'm really productive. I'm being efficient. I'm really happy with how my work is going. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need a shot of the self-healing back. So here I go. I take my key out and I go, whoop. Oh. <laughs> and oh. the scratch didn't go away. <laughs> no, because you ground your key into the thing. It, it looked like an airplane tried to land on that thing and, and, and d- didn't deploy the gear. Boy, that was crazy. I remember seeing I that. Just I just remember like, walking yeah. up to you and Jaime still doing your work. This is when you were with Pacquiao, obviously. And yeah. like I walked up to you and I was like, guys, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> You guys uh, thought I was the biggest idiot in the world, and I was. But I remember walking up to one of our LG friends there, and I was just like, "Hey guys!" And I handed it to them, face up, so that they didn't see what I did. <laughs> Here you go. You can have this back now. Yeah, that was crazy. That was the same demo where they LG had the uh, the engineer, and I forget who it was, um, to do like a wrestling move on it. Like he basically just like jumped up and landed on the G flex two with his butt or, and, and it just, it was fine. Like I, 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 it was, it was a ballroom briefing and that was a very satisfying moment. And he stomped on it. Like if that phone got wrecked, but it was fine. It was still workable because it was a flex and unfortunate that it had a Snapdragon 810 in it. Cause that, that anyway, we can talk about old phones some other time, but I missed the G flex. Thermals, thermals were always a problem back then with those things. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that would that would segue me into uh, like you know, our penultimate question here. Um, this is a thought that I made um, not too long ago that OnePlus sadly confirmed for me is that we no longer are ever going to get those pop-up cameras and motorized cameras anymore. Uh, it's just going to be a hole punch everywhere now. And that makes me sad. I don't know about you. Makes me sad too, man. I think the hole punch is a is a crime. To aesthetic, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an it's an offensive design. Um, the, the, there are ugly notches out there, but 
with the exception of maybe the Pixel 3 XL, I don't think I've ever seen a notch that's that's that I wouldn't prefer to a hole punch. It's gross. Now, I think there's reason to be hopeful, though, because we've already seen prototypes of displays that don't have a visible hole. The camera's behind True. there, but, you know, they have active pixels over it. So I think that will, you know, that'll develop. Um, I'm, I'm into that, and I think that's going to be great when we finally have it. But probably my favorite memory of 2019 is traveling throughout Asia, Japan and Philippines with that Zenfone, Z, uh, Zenfone 6. Oh, yeah. Just the coolest implementation of the cameras ever. I will always remember that. Um, shout yeah. out to Asus for not demanding it back. Thank God. Yeah. Big um, shout out to Asus for getting me one of those two. Oh, wait. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's it's cool. I'm used to it. I poured salt uh, on a wound. Oh, no. No, no it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm just angry and bitter now. I'm not even sad anymore, Josh. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, the thing with that is like, that's the smart way to go. Because what do we mm. complain about as vloggers? You and I do this all the time. Anytime a phone comes out at a briefing and we're both there, we both usually ask the same question. Uh, what's the um, what's the field of view on that front-facing uh, camera? And it's exactly. always something nonsense, like 76 degrees. We're like, great. So if you don't have arms that are eight feet long, you can't vlog with this. Um, yeah. So I shouldn't have to roll back like this, like I'm yeah. doing with the 8 Pro right now. This is the OnePlus right. 8 Pro. Right. So. And it, th- that's the brilliance of the Zenfone 6 design and so many designs that use the primary camera array as a reversible thing, because then you can use the wide angle if you need to. You you don't, Mm -hmm. and the manufacturer doesn't have to put so many components into the phone. Yes, the motor makes it more complicated, yada, 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 but it, it is so much better for the user. And man, that's going all the way back to the Samsung A600 that I carried in 2003. It had a single camera on a cylindrical hinge in the middle of two uh, clamshell components. And you could just oh, wow. rotate that camera by hand to either face you or face away. And it was, I mean, it was 2003, so it was a terrible camera, but it was a great idea. And I think I know what I you're re- thinking of right now. Well, no, but I mean, the thing is, I remember a phone like that, but I don't remember it being a Samsung. Yeah. Samsung I just can't remember what design. phone it was. They did that with yeah. a couple versions of that implementation. And I thought you were about to say, you were remembering fondly the Oppo N1. Was that what it was? The that did come to mind. One. Yeah, that yeah. did come to mind. The N1 and the N3 um, with the with the, the clicker, the O-click. The O-click. Yeah. I can't believe I remember the name. The O-click. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But yeah. I remember. I learned about that from one of your videos. I was jealous. I don't know if I knew you yet. I was like, who's this guy? Why does he get this cool phone? This is awesome. Like I had not, yeah. You and I had not become um, like like close by that point, but it was because of the N3 that Jaime and I met because we were both on that trip. I'm so, not kidding. Jaime mm-hmm. always remembers that story, and it's always so it's always so heartwarming for him to like <laughs> recount it each time we mention it. It's so nice. Um, <laughs> all right, so I have uh, a final question. It's how we end every show. Um, you can pick anything you want. It doesn't even have to be tech. But as you know, being the former host of the show, it is a tech show. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Michael Fisher, <laughs> Mr. Mobile, what is in your pocket now? Oh, very nice. Yeah, wow. We used to I remember this segment. Um, now, you've not changed the rules, right? You're not asking me literally right this second, right? Because I had to empty my pockets at the quarantine station oh, yeah, by no. my front door. Right, it's, it's a very open-ended question. It could be anything you want, to be Excellent. honest. Excellent. Well, look, I'm going to... Um, uh, do you know what I love about foldables? I am going to answer your question. Foldables have made it possible for me 
to do the opposite of what I would ordinarily do. Because normally, Josh, I would say I would skip the phone in my pocket because who cares? Because mm-hmm. they aren't because they they're, they're just boring unless you're nerds like us. But no, this is my daily driver, and I just moved back into it, and I'm so excited to be back on the Galaxy Fold because it is. It's my everyday phone on the weekdays and on the weekends. I switch to the Z Flip, uh, and uh, I, I just I just can't get enough of this device. And we all know we all know the many reasons why, um, which I've said over and over again in every video. But having this amount of acreage on demand feels great and mm. uh it's also nice to be on a special device one that uh changes the way i perceive mobility even though we're not very mobile right now so it's good yeah. i have one day one day back on this i just pop my sim back into it and um then i'll be on to the next review device so i will i will savor it can i ask what you're carrying uh is it the 8 pro that you're just kind of hanging with right now it is the 8 pro um i my first answer to that would be the z flip to be honest because i do actually really like the z flip a lot um but yeah right now it's the 8 pro which is why it's what i'm using right now Mm -hmm. um i would now that we've talked about it i do want to dig up that zenfone 6 and maybe i'll go back to it it's always nice when you have a podcast discussion and you're like oh wait yeah i love that i'm gonna go move back into that phone real quick yeah, yeah, I would absolutely love to. Um, but yeah, okay, so that should pretty much do it. Uh, we do have these IG live broadcasts. Uh, they limit you at one hour, so we have about a minute or two left, which I'll give you the floor to plug anything you want to plug, tell everybody you know where to find you. Thank you. I think I want to just ask everyone to 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 ask any questions because I felt really bad because like the way this formatting works is I'm covered over by comments. Uh, yeah, I, I will plug my Twitter and Instagram handles at the Mister Mobile T H E M R M O B I L E. I will uh, say that to, for another discussion just like this, which was uh, just as fun, Michael Josh with Gadget Match. That was that was a great time. Josh, I will thank you deeply for letting me come on this show again. Um, I, I, I miss you all the time, even when we're not in a global pandemic. Oh, indeed. And I feel the same way with all of you homies out in New York as well. Um, yeah. So that was the thing. Like, I think that's going to be one of the first things I do once. Okay. I'm, I'm putting, I'm drawing the line at vaccine. Once a vaccine is available, I'm popping on a plane. I'm getting, I'm getting it first and then I'll hop on a plane and go to New York. (laughs) Same dude. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, but I, uh, thanks to you. Thanks to everyone. It's been really fun hanging out. Another thanks to Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile himself, for coming onto the Pocket Now Weekly podcast. It's always great to have him on, and uh, the door's always open for you, buddy, for you to come back and for us to have that kind of chat. All right, so you can follow the links that are found in the show notes to find Michael Fisher everywhere. You can also see links for myself. You can find me at JVTechT on Twitter and Instagram, and you can also find me at uh, youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara for my own content, which supplements all of the great content that we do here at Pocket Now. All right, so Pocket Now is also found at youtube.com slash Pocket Now, and you should subscribe because there are pretty much videos coming out every day. And then make sure you follow the Instagram profile for Pocket Now because that is where we do the live uh, recording, or rather the live stream of the recording of this podcast. Our intro and intermission music are by Pinevog in an album called Cell Division Music for Smartphones. The songs are App Store and Smartphone. Find those links in the show notes as well. And with all of that said, thank you so much for kicking it with us. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast and we will see you in our next episode.